If I could, I'd refresh your minds to a little bit to last Sunday morning. I know that's kind of hard because here it is Friday. But we talked a little bit about God, and if you weren't here, I'll just refresh your minds as well. God is fire, and God is holy. God is light, and God is spirit, and God is love. And the reason I want to refresh you on that, there's a couple of those points I believe are important as we begin the study. God is fire and God is holy. And it's a challenging subject that I want to speak with you about tonight, but it's in the Scripture, and we're going to discuss the book of Revelation chapter 20. We're not going to talk about the whole book tonight, but we want to talk about many things in this book and Revelation is tricky a little bit because in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, God sent His angel and He signified these things to John. And so these things are symbolic. And I struggle a little bit personally because I think of them in real terms many times. I think of it as very literal things sometimes. And so if I cross over those things occasionally while I'm preaching, I do believe they're symbolic. But I believe they're taught to us in a way that we can understand the basic idea of what they mean. Because it's hard for us to understand eternity. It's hard for us to grasp eternity. It's hard for us to grasp heaven and judgment and hell. But it's important and this information is there to help us understand. And in all honesty, this is a very negative sermon. And Lord willing, we'll follow it up tomorrow night with a much more positive sermon. But we need to think about these things because they're real and they're very serious. I want to study with you about the lake of fire. I don't believe there's a real lake with real fire. I believe that's symbolic. But I believe God is trying to show to us in a way that we can understand the magnitude, the depth, the breadth, the scope of hell. He's trying to paint a picture for us to understand in a way that we can understand how terrible it's going to be. And it's a warning. And the Bible is full of warnings. The Bible is full of encouragement. But we deal with a God that is fire. And we live under a God that is holy. And God is that way, and we're not going to change God from being that way. And He has determined that there's a day that's going to come when men are going to be accountable to God. And some will be blessed to go into heaven, and some will be cursed into a lake of fire. And so I'd like to begin today in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, there, verse 11. And we're just going to read these few verses, and, and some of this we'll read again or at least in parts. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and, ha and Hades, 
I'm sorry, I'm a King, I'm a King James guy. Death and Hades were delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. John is given a snapshot, a picture of the final judgment. A very sobering picture. Because you and I will be there. And as I said, it's a negative thing. We really don't read of the righteous very much. We don't hear about the saved very much. We're told you're either in the book of life or you're not. I want you to be in the book of life. I want you to change your life and avoid this, this place. And he gives us a warning, and he describes, and he signified to John these things. So I want you to think about these things with me for just a little while. Number one, a great white throne. And as he said, I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. We're familiar with the idea of a throne. And he describes it as great and white. Now I described a night or two ago going up to a courthouse and there's a judge and he's set up high in this chair. It wasn't a throne, but it's a symbol of authority. A little higher than everyone else. And this judge in this courtroom said, I want you to turn off your cell phones. And you know what? He's got authority to tell you that. And smart people turned off their phones. Some people not so smart didn't. And shortly a phone rang. And the judge said, Bailiff, go get that phone. And the bailiff walked down there and grabbed the phone and brought it back handed to the judge. He's got authority. He sits on a throne, a throne of authority. And I believe this is the symbol here. The authority on this throne, no one wants to see him. I went to another courthouse one time, a federal courthouse, and it was a bigger chair and a judge with more authority. And we understand this because we understand authority. We understand men who sit up in a high chair. We understand a judge who puts on a robe and he can say, you have been given a sentence of five years or ten years or life. And so we have here a symbol of authority and it centers around the throne and of course the Lord sitting upon the throne. The book of 1 Kings chapter 10 beginning of verse 18. Moreover the king, now this is Solomon. The king Solomon made a great throne of ivory. Overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps. And the top of the throne was round at the back. There were armrests on either side of the place of the seat, and two lions stood beside the armrest. Twelve lions stood there, one on each side of the six steps. Nothing like this had been made for any other kingdom. I went to this federal courthouse. There were no lions. It was not ivory. And this was a man's throne. 
that Solomon had made. And I'm going to tell you someday, at the end, we'll stand before a great throne. We'll stand before the authority. That's the idea that he gives us from Scripture. When the Son of Man, Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. There's no other throne like it. The ultimate authority, the one to whom all power was given in heaven and earth, the ultimate answer, the buck stops here, ultimately, not a president, not a king, but the king of kings. And all men will be gathered before. Number two, he says the dead, small and great. That means the little people and the big people. Now, I'm not talking about the fat people and the skinny people. They'll be there too. I'm talking about the important people, the powerful people. Putin will be there. Trump will be there. The senators, the congressmen, the kings of the earth, of all lands, of all nations. Solomon will be there. The great kings. And the little people, like me. People with no wealth and no status. People from all time are going to gather and stand before God. When the day of judgment is come. John chapter 5 verse 28. Do not marvel at this. For the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear His voice. And a day is coming when Jesus is going to say, come forth. And just as dead, stinking Lazarus came forth, you and I will come too. And it won't matter how long we've been dead. One minute, one hour, one year, or 10,000 years. We're coming. You know, a few years ago, Merle and I was in... Paris, Texas, and there was an old cemetery, and I'm a weirdo, and some people know this, but I love cemeteries. And there was this old cemetery. We were washing our clothes at laundromat. There's no cemetery, so I'm going to go walk around that cemetery. And I got to walking around and looking in the cemetery, and there was a stone that said, Citizen of the Republic of Texas. And I thought, that is cool. And then I got to looking around at the stones, and there's another stone that was cracked. Another stone yet had just fell over. I got to looking at some of those other stones. You couldn't read them. I don't know who was there. I don't know their name, man, woman, no idea. And you know, if time carries on, I'm going to be in a grave, and you want to be in a grave too, and maybe there will be a stone over you. Maybe it will say loving husband, or maybe it will say loving wife, or parents to these kids, or a picture of a dog, or, you know how people do. And if time carries on, that stone will turn to sand. It'll fall over. It'll crumble. And all the records of the cemetery will be lost. They'll be gone in a fire or a tornado or just get old and no one will know who is there. All the family members will die. I mean, after all, who was your great, 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 great grandpa? We don't know. And in time, only God will know. 
that you lived. Only God will remember your name and your life. Don't marvel at this. One day we'll come forth and we'll stand before God. And there's going to be two resurrections, one of life and another of condemnation. There will be no other purpose. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to stand there and we're going to give an answer and no one's getting out of it. No one's getting out of it. I had an old science teacher. I really liked the guy because he'd say, y'all know we got a test today. And we'd start talking and talk and say, hey, tell us about. We could distract the guy. Before you know it, he'd say, well, time's up. We're not going to be able to take the test. And we'd say, oh, man. Not going to happen. We're going to be there and we're going to stand. Revelation 20 verse 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. All the people who died in ships and in the ocean. Maybe you think it's terrible. All the people eaten up of sharks or bears. Everyone burn up in the fire. We don't know where their graves are. Maybe they have no grave. All people of all time will stand and face judgment. Number three, the books. He says in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. I don't believe there's literal books. I think this is the way he describes it for us to understand. God has a record of your life. He has a record of what you have done and what you have not done. He has a record of the good and the bad. He goes on to say, Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. So the first book is the record of the deeds of your life. I want to go back to Daniel chapter 7, beginning in verse 9. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fiery steam issued and came forth from before him, A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. God knows what you have done. It is written in heaven. And it is waiting. Your life will be opened. Your life will be reviewed. It is inescapable. And many preachers have said it, and I can say it again, there is not one secret thing that's not going to be revealed. All the wicked things that wicked men do are going to be open. It's in the books. And we like to hide, and we like to cover, And it can't be. It will not be. 
by God. In the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, he says, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. I tell you, it makes me afraid because I say things I shouldn't say. I say things not thinking. And I want to give myself a pass and say I wasn't thinking. I was not, ti- I was not rested. I was tired. I was hungry. I was angry. I was hurting. Doesn't matter. They're in the books. The record is there. God's going to reveal and review the life. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he has done, whether good or bad. And we've done good and we've done bad. Some people see the good that we do, Some people, we don't know what good they do. Some people, we see the evil that they do. Some people, we don't see it at all. We have no idea what's in the heart of a man or a woman. And I have no idea what you think. And you have no idea what I think, but God knows every thought. And it will all be revealed, and it will come out. The book of 2 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24. Some men's sins are clearly evident preceding them to judgment. But those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. The secret evil that you've done will be brought forth. The secret good that you've done will be brought forth. God is holy, and He is righteous, And He will judge you according to what you have done. To what you have done. The next book is the book of life. And within the book of life, there are names of those who have obeyed the gospel. It is a record that God keeps of those who have been baptized into Christ... Those who have repented and confessed after they believed on the Lord Jesus and they submitted to His will and they were baptized into Christ, their names are written because they have obeyed. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning of verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Now listen carefully. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered In heaven. And I want you to understand when you obey the gospel and you're baptized into Christ, your name is written. It's written there. He goes on to say, To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. The book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. One of the criteria is who has obeyed the gospel. Write their names down. 
So if you're here tonight and you haven't obeyed the gospel, your name's not there. Not yet. It can be. But it's not yet. Once you've obeyed the gospel, you must live faithfully. You must live the Christian life. And follow the commandments of the Lord. Those who live the Christian life, their names stay there. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? There's a whole lot of people that believe they're saved. There are many people that claim to do godly works, to preach or prophesy, even cast out demons in those days. Preachers and churchgoers. There's a lot of people that haven't obeyed the gospel but claim to be Christians. I want you to notice what he goes on to say. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. I don't know you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Jesus knows you when you're His. When you're born again. A new creature. His creature. Jesus knows you when you've been washed from your sins in His own blood. Then you're His child. And we know our children, don't we? We know their cry. And we know their voice. And we know the sounds of their footsteps. We know them. And I'll tell you, Jesus knows who's His. And if you haven't obeyed the gospel, you're not His. And there's a day coming when a lot of people are going to stand before God and they're going to be judged by Jesus and they're going to look up at Jesus and say, You know me! Jesus, you know me! And He's going to look down and go, I don't know you. I don't know you. You need to go away. And I can't imagine a worse feeling Revelation 3, verse 5, He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Those who live the Christian life, Jesus is going to confess, Here's our child. Here's the saved. God, here's the one you know. 1 John 1, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now listen carefully. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If you'll obey the gospel and be baptized and live the Christian life, 
It doesn't mean you never sin. Okay? If you'll be a Christian, you know what that means? You read your Bible. You pray to God. You worship Him. You walk the Christian walk. You serve the Lord and work for the Lord and promote the Lord. It, it's living the Christian life. That's what walking in the light is. And if you'll walk in the light, sure you're going to sin, you're going to mess up, but the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And on that day, if you're walking in the light and you get there, He's going to see a child of His covered in the blood. Cleansed. Jesus said He's ours. She's ours. She's ours. And I believe... The evil that we have done will be remembered no more. I think God could remember. I think He chooses to not. It's not going to be there. Just a child of God. There's a third group. We must live the Christian life, and we're told to be workers for His cause. To tell others about Jesus. To help with the mission of the church and the spreading of the gospel. That's the goal, to preach to the lost and help them be saved and then keep the saved, the mission of the church. Notice Philippians chapter 4, verse 3. I urge you also, true companion, help those women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Work to serve Jesus. Brothers and sisters, work till you can't work. Serve the Lord with everything you have. It's only a short while. Because God notices those who serve Him and labor for the kingdom. Their names are in that book. Number four, the judgment. If you really study the word, it means a formal sentencing. God already knows. He knows whether you're lost or saved. He's going to pass sentence, and that's what the judgment is. Revelation 20, 13, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, everyone according to his works. Let's look at the judge. That's Jesus. John 5. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Jesus will judge us. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. Romans chapter 2 verse 16. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ. Listen carefully according to my gospel. Jesus will judge. 2 Timothy 4.1 I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom. Jesus will judge. The standard is the Word of God. John 12.48 He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him, the word that I have spoken, will judge him in the last day. There's a standard. It's God's standard, His Word. You just pick up any Bible, and it's the standard. We know now what the rules are. 
You know today what the standard is. If you don't know what's required, you need to open the Bible and study it because that's the standard. It's an open book test. Romans 1 verse 32, Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, He's holy. And I'll just tell you tonight, it's a good thing I'm not judge. Because I'll tell you, the first thing I'd do is if I was judge, I'd say, my kids are in. Whether they're good or rotten, (laughs) my kids are in. That's not just, but that's what I'd do. All my good friends would be in. And there'd probably be a few people I'd go, yeah, you know, you ain't been so good. (laughs) God's holy, and He's righteous. And His judgment is true. There's no one who's going to go, wait a minute, I've been accused falsely. The DNA test was wrong. It wasn't me. That's not going to happen. The judge is going to be true. The verdict's going to be accurate. The standard is known. Romans 12 verse 2, But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. The sentence is going to come down. And it's going to be right. And the judge is holy. And this has been prepared for a long time. Matthew chapter 25, 41. Then he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed. That's it. And you know what those folks will do? They will leave. They're not just going to go anywhere they want. They're going to their doom. Depart from me, ye cursed. Into everlasting fire. He's a God of fire. He's a God of fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Luke 13, verse 27. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's the moment where we're going to go too late. Too late. Should have changed. Should have listened. Could could have went forward. Heard invitation song after invitation song. People came to me and begged, please, please get right. Could have done it. Too late. And we think all our lives, I got more time. I'll do it later. I got time. You have no idea. We have no idea. I'll never forget growing up as a child, there was an old man that went to our congregation. His wife was a member. He was not. And we used to talk about this, this old man, hope he would obey the gospel. He never moved. Sat right in the same pew, never moved. Years went by, year after year after year. Sermon after sermon, invitation after invitation, gospel meeting, preacher after preacher after preacher, he said, one day he got ill. And they took him up to the hospital in Amarillo. And I'll never forget, we went to see. I was just a young man. Walked in that room and he, he cried. Tears. He cried. He said, I will tell you one thing. As soon as I get to that church, if I can get well and get to that church, the first time I'm there, I'm going, I'm going to get right. Well we, well, we hope you do. We will help you. You know what? That day came. That day came. He was in the crowd. He was in his usual seat. 
That day a sermon was preached, just like every other sermon. That day an invitation song was sung, and I remember thinking, don't turn around and look, your mama's going to whop you in the head. He never got up. The song came and went. He got up, he went out, he got in his vehicle, he went home. The next Sunday he came back, and I thought, today's the day. And then one day he died. The opportunities he had, it breaks my heart. Because he went to church his whole life and never obeyed the gospel. He'll have to answer. I'm going to tell you, the sentence is fair. He had opportunity after opportunity. The lake of fire. Revelation 20, 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to tell you a couple of things about this. It's very hard to grasp. It seems enormous. It seems like it's terribly hot. It seems smoky. And flames of fire. All those things. I know it's figurative. God's describing destruction of eternity. Of an enormity that we can't imagine. I want you to notice Revelation 20 verse 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Is it? There's no other options. There's no other chances. There's no parole. There's no overturning the conviction. It's the end. And death is there. And hell is there. And the devil's there. And the false prophet and the beast and everything that's evil and everyone that works evil, and everyone that does evil, that's all that's there is wickedness. That's all that's there. There's nothing good there. And there's no time. Revelation 21.7, The cowardly, the unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And it's such a terrible place that death is thrown in there. And and we think of, of death as such a hard thing. Death is coming, and death is bad, and we dread it, and it hurts, and the Bible says every man will taste it. God's going to throw death in there, the enemy of man. Beyond that, the grave, Hades... The Old Testament calls it Sheol, the place of the dead. Where departed souls go, it's there. I can't think of a worse place. And I'm going to tell you, once you're there, you're there. You're alone there. You suffer there. I had a fellow tell me one time, it won't be that bad, you'll just be burned up. I said, you're crazy. That's crazy. God created a burning bush. He spoke to Moses from the burning bush. It never burned up. 
God will fix you to where you will never burn up. It's all figurative. God will make you where you can just suffer for eternity. You want to know why? Because you reject Jesus. Because you will not submit to Jesus. You won't follow Jesus. You decide not to serve Jesus. Or you, you fall away. And so many people are drawn away with cares and riches and pleasures. So many people are deceived and misled and overcome. Matthew 13, verse 37. He answered and said to them, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the son of the kingdom. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels. And they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into a furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please get out your songbooks this evening. Do you have ears to hear? Are you listening? Eternity's coming. You'll stand before God. He'll going to say depart or come. And you can decide that today, right now. You can change right now your eternity from hell to heaven. From a lake of fire to heaven eternal with God. You can change that right now. And I beg you to do that. I beg you to do that. This congregation wants to help you. I want to help you. And if you choose to stand up tonight and make that change, everyone here will rejoice. The angels of heaven will rejoice. And you'll be blessed. And you can go home happy and full of the joy of salvation. Or you can sit there filled with dread because you know you're not right. And you can dread tomorrow night's sermon. And you can dread Sunday's sermon and all the sermons you're going to hear until you're right. Change your position in eternity tonight. Come as we sing.